Good evening and welcome. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson, along with co-host Britt Griffith. And we've got guest panelists Benny and Kimberly with us tonight. Kimberly, for the first time, welcome to the program. Great to have you along with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this conversation. You know, Britt, I have been telling you, I've been complaining to you quite a bit, saying how I'm, I'm so tired. I, I feel very, very tired a lot of the time. And I'm not normally like that, but I think I figured out why. This stuff, this stuff that we're seeing in the news... These reports that are coming out of the White House or other parts of the country or even the world, it's grueling. It is tough to hear this stuff every day, remain focused, remain optimistic, and remain resilient. I mean, it is a tough job to be, be you know, taking the one-two punch of the Biden administration at this point. And, and and for you in New York and me in California, it's the one-two-three punch because you have, you have Muriel Cuomo, let me see your nuggets, uh, and then I have Newsom, who's related to Pelosi, who is, you know, Mr. Slickback's Dudley hairdo, uh, poop in San Francisco guy. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of mentally draining. Yeah, it is. It is quite draining. But this is the therapy. And thank you to everyone for being with us. Uh, we appreciate you joining and being part of the chat room. We have Caddy in the chat room. Caddy, of course, is Jeff on the program. Caddy's going to keep an eye out for uh people who want to fight instead of talk intelligently about issues like we had last time around. Um, so thank you for being there, Caddy. Appreciate that. I want to go right to this uh, article that I, I found uh, on the Hill. It talks about um, House Democrats being hurt by polling and GOP attacks in 2020. I find this very curious because it says that uh, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, who's a New York Democrat, and he's the chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, said that both bad polling and GOP attacks that are focusing on the quote-unquote defund the police movement among progressives hurt House Democrats in the 2020 elections. I'm going to get into a few more details about this particular article, but that statement in itself is quite revealing because what he's saying there, it's not the policies themselves. It's not what they're doing that is creating what we might, what we hope will be a significant GOP victory in the midterm elections and we'll pick up the House. He's not blaming the policies at all. What he's blaming is bad polling and GOP attacks. Kimberly, well, you go first. Are the Democrats doing this to themselves with their policies or is this really just a function of not having the right polling data? I don't know what polls those were, but I always find most polls questionable because, they, you know, they only poll a small amount of people. You don't know where they're actually from. If you've ever done research in polls, you can look at to see where they're from and why it doesn't make any sense. Um, I I don't know. I think the defund the police probably does make sense as being an issue, but people are f starting to feel it and see what Democrats are doing with their policies in some instances, like continuing to give people more money on unemployment, um, trying to force people in some ways to get vaccines, uh, the mask mandates. I mean, across the board, there's all kinds of things that people are sick of, you know, not wanting kids to go back to school. I don't, I don't know it's necessarily GOP attacks, um, but it, it's what real life people are feeling, especially after the past year, they're sick of it. So that's on top of uh, the things that are the, the GOP is pushing out against the Democrats as well, I believe. Yeah, Benny, I mean, um, Kimberly makes an excellent point. And it's kind of the point I was thinking as I was reading this article. It's not the messaging. 
it's not the messaging that's hurt the, hurting the Democrats in the in the things they're proposing. It's the proposals themselves. It's the fact that there is a loud group of people out there, and there are politicians in places like Minneapolis and others that are, in fact, out there defunding the police, saying and doing these things, Benny. It's not the fact that GOP is pointing it out that's the problem for them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that one of the things that Trump did in his four years, um, you know, he wasn't perfect. And I think he put it, um, the incorrect people around him. You know, I, I don't think he knew who to trust, but uh, it, I think in general, he's, his administration and his the whole Trump movement, um, you know, really started to shine a light on how uh, evil and corrupt government really is big government you know the federal government and especially the deep state the rhinos as well as uh the progressives um i think that uh their own policies i mean if they just ran on those policies themselves none of them would get elected you know um there's plenty of liberals i know that say defunding police is the worst option you know but uh i think really when it comes down to it uh they have uh massive amounts of propaganda in these places that they keep getting you know reelected and um that's what deeply embeds them into their into our government and it's a big problem on the whole citizenry well ben there may be plenty of liberals and democrats that don't believe defund the police is the right approach but i'll tell you what joe biden seems to be governing as one of those progressives that does at least he's got he's his ear is trained to the aocs and the squad and the progressive caucus in the house and that seems to be who's calling the shots Britt, you're are you actually benny is as well but you are a resident conspiracy guy so let me throw this at you this article also says that the polling data that the democrats got in 2020 did not effectively predict a surge among pro-trump trump voters that led to the democrats losing 11 house seats in 2020 Note that it says it didn't effectively predict a surge among pro-Trump voters that led to the Democrats losing 11 House seats in 2020, but yet Trump lost the election. Do you see some something weird there? I see a lot of things weird there, and I see a lot of things weird elsewhere when it comes to the 2020 election. There was a lot of strange stuff that went down, a lot of illegal stuff that went down, proven by courts because uh, two states' elections have been uh, with the, uh, the the rules changes that they made uh, were were proven to be unconstitutional. Therefore, I mean, really, all those results should be thrown out, but they won't be because we're too far down this rabbit hole and we can't un we can't unshoot that bullet. Apparently, um, I mean, if you look at D.C. area, they vote ninety five percent Democrat because they want to keep getting those big fat checks. And you know, Trump was trying to trying to roll stuff back. And you know, in general, Republicans try to make a smaller government. Except Bush wasn't really good at that. And to be honest with you. Had, had had they been smart enough to just look at Trump, he spent a lot of freaking money, which is one of the critique, one of the criticisms I do have of Trump. Is they spent right. too much money, but but he also brought our economy back at such a level of speed and strength. It was like okay, I'll I'll, I'll take this, I'll take it because it's kind of a net push. Maybe we're a little ahead in that in that game, but the reason that it didn't predict the surge is because we Trump supporters we're lying to pollsters because we don't trust them. Um, also the pollsters figured out that the left of center people, they want to be told what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth. So in order for them to sell their polls to them, it had to say a certain thing, particularly on the cable channel, CNN, MSNBC, some of the Washington Post, New York Times, they want the polls to say a certain thing so they could drive that narrative to then suppress 
uh, voting against uh, against the Democrats. And if you had a poll that said the truth, they wouldn't run it. You wouldn't see it. You had to go to some real, you know, bright side, red side uh, website that people could say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory website and they could discount it. So, yeah, there was a whole machine there. It was a lot. It was a thousand points of fraud coming in. (laughs) Representative Maloney went on to say that, quote, we spent a bunch of time understanding how to respond more effectively, knowing that they're going to do it again. And he also said, so we take that very seriously. And I really want to be clear. I'm still quoting here, by the way. I am not saying that those, quote, false attacks about defunding the police or socialism didn't carry a punch. Kimberly, false attacks? I heard a lot of Democrats saying that loudly. So, okay, you have to forgive me. I'm blonde. I didn't quite understand what you meant when you first with your first question to me. I didn't realize this was about the 2020 election. I apologize. Um, but this is one of the things that the Democrats do. They lie. They they never tell the truth. They never ever tell the truth. And then when Republicans talk about what they're doing, they're actually doing, and with proof, with physical proof, with with video proof, the Democrats just come out and say they're lying, even though they are telling the truth. I see it all the time. I see it across the board. They do it at the local level. Uh, They do it nationally. They just push the, the narrative that Republicans are lying, lying, lying just to attack. It's a smear attack. When in reality, Republicans are usually telling the truth about whatever the Democrats are doing, what their policies are, uh, what they've said, what they've written. I also want to point out that um, we're going to be talking about a bunch of things tonight. And every night that we talk about issues on this program, every one of those points, those issues that we talk about here is one more in that bullet list of ideas and policies that the Democrats and the progressives have been talking about that much of the country opposes, much of the country. Benny, we don't have to look very far to uh, to find issues that aren't popular among the American people. Sadly, as Brett, uh, Britt often points out, the uh, many American voters are just uninformed, and they go in, they pull a straight party line based on what their parents used to do or their grandparents or whatever it happens to be. Uh, that's the real challenge here, because the issues and the, and the policies, Benny, are not particularly popular in many cases. No, absolutely not. And I'll give you an example. Um, right here in my home state of Tennessee, um, our governor, uh, Bill Lee, uh, recently signed uh, legislation that uh, makes, uh, well, first of all, uh, transgender athletes cannot um, uh, participate in sports that um, on the side of that where they're not uh, naturally uh, pretty much, I'm trying to find a, a politically correct way to say it without being gross, but pretty much the gender that they're born with, they cannot participate in sports um of the opposite gender yes yeah exactly thank you sorry and uh also um if um entities do allow transgender people into any bathroom they choose um the new law is there has to be a sign so you get like a a a handicap a man a woman and a a transgender sign uh, on like a plate outside the outside of the bathroom and that sort of makes sense to me. You know, I, I would not want my wife taking our toddler into the women's bathroom if there's a transgender sign up because men have been known to rape women in bathrooms like that. They 
cre the the creeps use that as as a, as a means to get in there. But the problem is you have these liberal progressives who, like you say, it's not the majority of the people. The majority of people would say, yeah, that's not right. But because they have the loudest bullhorn through the means of social media and big tech helping them spread this, you know, bullshit, they, it makes it seem as if there are more people that think that that would be wrong. And um, so there's, there's a pushback on social media right now in this state saying, you know, that's, uh, that's hate, that's hateful and that's, you know, discrimination. And the majority of people say, no, that makes sense. So, um, you know, I think cowards talk the loudest and I think that it, we just have to find a means to get, um, the, you know, the majority of, of what the common sense minded people think a little bit higher on the totem pole instead of um, what, you know, a very, very small minority, but very loud minority thinks. And I'll also point out that prisons are having a problem with this too, as uh, male prisoners identifying as female prisoners being moved to female prisons. And then there's a lot of rape going on. I'm not sure who's raping who in that situation, but I understand it goes both ways. Um, I want to do another quick article here. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has announced that she's going to do interviews, but she'll only give interviews to brown or black journalists. Brown or black journalists are the only interviews that she's going to give at this point, Britt. Um, you know, we've, we've decided to, to substitute the name or the word idiot with the, with the phrase cuddle muffin to be a little more kind here on this program because we use idiot a lot, but I can't get away from it in this particular case. This is what idiocy looks like. Uh, this is more than idiocy, JV. This is racism. We are looking at actual racism right here. Um, and, I, and, of course, the left is going to go, well, you, you deserve it because all blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. This is racism. Um, but if she was being true to herself of who she is, she would only do interviews with dead people because she looks like Beetlejuice a lot of the time. <laughs> um, I don't – you know, she ran uh, – what was it, two years ago? She's coming up on her two-year uh, anniversary. And her campaign was all about changing Chicago for the better and getting rid of the violence and whatnot. And if you look at the latest statistics for Chicago, I mean, what was this last weekend? It was it was uh, 55 shootings and seven dead or something like that yeah. in mm -hmm. two days. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the videos that are coming out every day on social media, the just the random attacks that are happening. Um, you know, the police aren't doing anything except on her block. The only time the police ever get forceful is to protect her house. Um, but you know what, again? This is what Chicago votes for. They vote for the same people over and over again. They get what they vote for. I have no sympathy for them in, in the city of Chicago. You get what you vote for. Change how you vote. Educate yourself. Change how you vote. Otherwise, hey, live in your shithole. I don't care. Kimberly, um, one of the problems with many of these politicians and the people that support these politicians is that they fundamentally don't understand what it means to be an American or what American values are. This is a perfect example. This is the antithesis of what being an American or what American values stand for. Notice the left doesn't talk about Martin Luther King Jr. anymore. Um, and he always said, you know, we wanna be um, judged based on the content of our character, not our skin color. They've totally reversed that. And everything's all about skin color, whether you're white or you're black or whatever. They totally destroyed that narrative to make everyone be actually equal and be, 
united together. And one of the reasons politicians do that is because they don't want us to unite because they, they know if that we unite against them, they're screwed. So they have to keep us divided. Um, I just, I wanted to really quick go back to the transgender issue um, because JV was making a point, you know, the, the majority is actually, there's more of us. He's right. But the thing is, people are afraid, you know, soccer mom goes and says to a school board, I don't want my daughter, you know, boys in my daughter's locker room while she's changing. And she's instantly screamed at and called a, ho a homophobe, transphobe, transphobe, and they are horrifying to her. This is a regular mom trying to take care of her daughter and her the, what's best for her daughter. All of these parents, all of these women have to stand up together and fight. I've been fighting against this kind of thing in New Hampshire for years. Um, I can handle, I have a thick skin. I can handle being called all these names because if you're involved in politics and you're conservative, you're called all these names on a regular basis just for disagreeing with policy. So people have to get together, families, women, Women have to get together. I fight hand in hand with radical left-wing feminists. And I'm certainly not a radical left-wing feminist, but this we agree on and this we fight together. Great point, Benny. Nice. Last point here, and then I'm going to let Britt take it. But uh, when it comes to this, and Britt mentioned this as well, it's women or Democrats like Lori Lightfoot, she and her party are actually creating the very racism they claim to stand against, and they're doing it everywhere. Of course they are. I think that uh, the Democrats and Republicans, really, I mean, not all Republicans, uh, but certainly the Rhino Republicans, they, they want to um, create a divide because a divided population is a lot easier to control. Uh, and if you look at the last year, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think one calendar year says that more than 2020 if you look at what happened uh in between january and december um you know uh you know oh, oh, when obama got elected you know a lot of people thought that you know he was going to unite that that divide he was going to bridge that gap um as far as um you know culture and race go and um if anything he only made it worse and in my opinion my assertion is much much worse and um, I don't think our country's ever been further divided, uh, but I think that's by design. We're easier to control. Um, a fearful and divided population is a hell of a lot easier to control than, than a united and unafraid, courageous population. So it's by design, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately it is. And um, so, you know, JV, you and I have gone back and forth on fighting back at the level that is acceptable and whatnot. I'm obviously a little further out on the crazy train than you are, but I did run across this article and two ads that this is, again, this is my idea of fighting back. So this group, uh, they, they got some money together and whatnot, uh, but basically Nike and other woke corporations face a barrage of attack ads. So a consumer's research, a, a consumer advocacy organization is pushing back against woke corporations like Nike and Coca-Cola and American Airlines and others with a million dollar ad buy. And I have a couple of the ads here. I'll play one. If you want to see the next one, I will. But this one was for Nike. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians.
So Kimberly, what I love about this is that they're taking their money, they're producing very good ads, and they're going after the CEOs directly. Uh, I'll play the American one after you get done talking, but they're really going after the CEOs and putting a face to these companies' woke policies. Do you think that this is a good tactic? Do you think this tactic will work? I don't know that it will work, but I, it's pretty revealing. I mean, the the all, everything they said is the truth, right? Um, right. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what it is they're trying to achieve just to out them for being not really woke, you know, or just using their wokeness to hide what's really going on. Um, if that's the case, that's really good. And you can push that when when the left says, oh, they're woke and, you know, they do this or that. You can say, well, hey, in the meantime, they're exploiting and using slave labor to make their outrageously overpriced goods. Right, exactly. And I, and I think that's what they're after. I think it's more of an informational campaign and, uh, you know, hit them in the pocketbook. You want to go woke? You want to do these uh, do these uh, these ad campaigns, these political ad campaigns that the, that they are doing? They're fighting it. Benny, I'm going to play American Airlines here, and this one's a little more closer to home. It involves Georgia. To distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs, Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. All right, and unfortunately, that ad started in the middle of it. Uh, there was a whole thing in the beginning about how American Airlines requires ID to get on a plane, but yet they're fighting voter ID, etc. So, Benny, again, this company or this 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 group of people, they're going after the CEOs of these big woke companies, um, and they're getting involved in politics. Do you think this will affect their bottom line? Uh, and this is a multi-million dollar buy across social media, so these ads will start showing up everywhere. Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, where are these uh, ads showing up? I mean, no one watches normal television anymore. So um, if they're on social media and pe people are going to get them, you said multi-million dollar buy, then uh, I, th I think that's awesome. I mean, the gloves are off, you know, um, you know, and uh, these corporations have to know that uh, we're watching them, you know, um, they're nothing without loyal customer base. Um, and um, we're watching them. And I think, I, honestly, I think it's a good thing they're going directly after the CEOs. I mean, they're not doxing them or anything like that, but at the same time, they're calling them up by name and, you know, uh, sort of making them accountable for the, you know, sort of uh, shady decisions that uh, that they've made, um, you know, and uh, I, I, I honestly think it's good. I think I love it. I, I want to see more of them, honestly. So, JV... Being a retired ex-CEO of a massive radio empire on the East Coast, would, would, these, would, these, would these ads have affected you if you were doing something that they didn't like and they were coming after you like that? And do you think that this is a wise use of money? Do you think this works? Uh, I don't know that it affects the CEO directly, but I think it affects people like me and others who are considering boycotting some of these companies. And I think that 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 actually has a lot more of an impact. I know that it, it affected Coca-Cola after Coca-Cola. The CEO of Coca-Cola took a stand against the Georgia voting law that passed um, earlier in the year. Uh, the conservatives started to not drink Coca-Cola. I've got a, a six pack of Diet Pepsi over here. I used to be a Diet Coke drinker and I'm not drinking Diet Coke anymore. And suddenly Coca-Cola is nowhere to be found in these woke discussions because it's hurt their bottom line. It, and, and when, when Coca-Cola loses 5% of sales, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And it doesn't take much 
if a group of conservatives decides to make a statement by not drinking Coca-Cola, uh, it doesn't take much to influence them. So I think that's the better uh, tool. But I think these ads help motivate people to do that. Like just, you know, watching that ad and I saw it. I saw the American Airlines ad actually last night. Um, I'm, you know, immediately I'm thinking, well, I guess I'm not flying American Airlines anymore. You know, I mean, those types of things go through our heads. Therefore, we become mobilized, whether it affects the CEO or not. The numbers ultimately will affect the CEO. Right, exactly. And they do have an ad for Coca-Cola also, which is about the Georgia thing and whatnot. And they talk about their loss of revenue and whatnot. It was really good ads. And apparently there's four more other ads going after other companies, which I really like. All right, moving on from that, I got a quick one here and then I'll give it back to you, JV. So, uh, so Kimberly, so the, 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 the power of social media is, is pretty crazy. So this is a, uh, this is a Politico report, reporter and she's been around a while. She has a pretty big following. So, so, she, she, so she does this, uh, this tweet. And it's just basically the U.S. Capitol Police have issued a statement of member uh, of, to the members of Congress expressing profound disappointment with McConnell and McCarthy's position on the January 6th commission, citing the trauma that officers endured that day. And then she tweets it out with a copy of the letter on United States Capitol Police letterhead. And it went out. And if you notice, it has at the time that I grabbed this, it had 5,197 retweets and almost 9,000 likes. Um, and then shortly after that, a few minutes after that, she goes, uh, clarification, uh, this came from a few, uh, from members of the U.S., uh, the United States Capitol Police who used official letterhead, but it is not a formal statement from the USCP as a whole. And it only has 33 we tweets and only 11. Did you just say we tweets? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read ahead and talk at the same time. I'm not a professional at this. Leave me alone. Um. Uh, Anyway, my question to you is, and then I did a little more digging, and um, it, it, it's like a letter from like 19 officers. That was, I mean, it was like a very small amount of the whole force. So my question to you is on the social media, that lie went around the world and back before the truth was able to get its damn pants on. But this is the, the problem with social media. Should reporters be held responsible for that? I mean, should they be able to be sued for that? Or the officers that put it out on letter? Because you know exactly what they did. This was all framing. And they knew it would go around the world and people would see it. Oh, the Capitol Police official. is. Should we have some legal action there? Or at least should there be? You know, I started mistrusting the media when I first got involved in politics and realized they weren't providing the whole truth and weren't being accurate. But over the past four years, they've gotten egregiously worse. It's unconscionable how journalists have been behaving. Um, as a journalist, and I've written plenty of things, you verify and you find out before making a huge blatant statement that you know is going to go flying all across social media. Um, I don't know what kind of recourse someone would have for these kind of lies, um, but my God, it would put CNN, PMS, NBC out of business. It would put all kinds of, I mean, NBC, CBS, and ABC. It would put so many news news corporations out of business because they'll tell a lie and not have any sources or whatever and then pretend it's the truth. You're right. Millions of people see it, so they believe it, which we saw hugely, bigly in uh, 2020 and actually all of Donald Trump's four years, but mostly during the election. Um, what they would be out of business because they do it on a regular basis. And you're right, the the updates on page eight or the follow-up tweet are useless. They do absolutely nothing. You should verify as a journalist 
first, especially if it's something that big that could really be seen um, as some kind of proof of guilt or whatever. But they don't do that. Right. They, they don't care. No. There's no ramifications to them. That's one of the problems, guys. There's no ramifications to journalists for posting false reports. I mean, who was it? New York Times writers got um, Pulitzers for the Russia hoax. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, they, they, not only do they not get any punishment, they reward themselves with these fancy little trophies. So, Benny and JV, this question will go to both of you, and then you can have it back, JV, starting with Benny. Um, so, Benny, you're an author. JV, you re owned radio stations and ran newsrooms. What happened to two sources? I mean, even though the, the, the source couldn't be uh, be named because it's a source, but having two sources verifying. Benny, when you write books, do, do you not reach out to sources and verify before you put something in writing? And JV, would you fire reporters for this kind of trash reporting? I had some brilliant points to make, but I've forgotten them all because of this chaos that just ensued. But I will say a couple things. One is, one of the things that we don't understand, or we, maybe we understand it, but we don't, we don't give it enough importance, is the fact that these reporters, first of all, they're all, at least I'll compare them to me, much younger than I am. And they went through a public school system that is very, very liberal and indoctrinates more than it educates. And then they went through a, um, a, a collegiate level that is even worse than the public school system. So when they come out, their center, their center of objectivity is so far left from what we would consider to be objective and to be center. It's as though you spent your life, you know, here on earth talking about, you know, I can jump only, you know, two, uh, a foot high off the ground, whatever it happens to be. And then you talk to somebody who grew up on the moon that can jump 10 feet high. They have their whole uh, understanding of how it works is completely different. And that's what we're faced with with these journalists. And that's why they do this. I mean, I, I just have to give some of them, not all of them, the benefit of the doubt. They're not lying. They just don't know the difference. They don't understand the U.S. Constitution. They don't understand what the Declaration of Independence was saying because they were never taught those things. In fact, they were taught the opposite. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, in another generation, the people we're complaining about now who are already very left to center, they're going to look like moderates compared to the generation that's going to be coming out of these schools. They're going to be indoctrinated with critical race theory and all this other nonsense, climate change crap, all of that stuff that they're trying to teach us in schools. That's what we have to be careful of. So I don't know if I answered your question, Britt, but certainly <laughs> we have to understand that their yeah. center, where they think the center is, is far left from where we think the center is, so they didn't even understand what they're doing wrong. Yeah, it's called the Overton Overton window, and they are shifting it left, left, left. So now people like I watched Tim Pool. Tim Pool used to be a lefty, but the way they've shifted it by getting rid of Crowder and and uh, Jones and all those ones that that window has keeps shifting. So now they're actually called Tim Pool a right wing. Uh, they call him alt right. He's not even remotely close to alt right, but that's what they're doing. And it's insane. Anyway, back to you, JV. Yeah, so um, I want to, you know, this this just fits right into what we're talking about, too. Um, Black Lives Matter has announced that they are in complete solidarity with the Palestinians. And it, they say we are committed to ending settler colonialism. Black Lives Matter said on Monday that it stands in solidarity with Palestinians, adding they're working to end this uh, settler colonialism. They say we are a movement committed to ending settler colonialism 
colonialism in all forms and will continue to advocate for Palestinian liberation. At what point, Benny, do we as a country realize who these people are? They claim to be a group that is uh, fighting racism in some form when in actuality they are far more than that. They are a Marxist group. And right now they're basically expressing their support for terrorists that are launching missiles at Israel. Um, at what point does do we wake up to this and do corporations stop sending these folks millions of dollars so their founders can buy more homes and uh, we recognize that, uh, what they are uh, for what they really are? They're not, they're not just Marxists. I mean, they're evil. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure some people in the chat and uh, maybe you guys have seen some of the undercover videos of their meetings. I mean, they're openly having rituals that are Luciferian, Satanist. I mean, it's, it's, it's no wonder they're staying with the Palestinians instead of Israel. <laughs> you know what I mean? God's chosen people, the, um, you know, the whole, the whole Judean, you know, area for, you know, millennia has been fought over. Um, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're standing with the ones who want to actually destroy, um, you know, Israel. And um, as far as corporations not giving them money, people need to take a stand against this. I'll give you a personal example real quick. Um, I'm actually under the threat of being fired from my job, which may be the best thing that ever happened to me, because I'm <laughs> refusing to take unconscious bias training and critical race theory that they're making it mandatory for every employee of the 5,000 of um, uh, a, a group of 5,000 people to take and I'm refusing to do it and um, if more people were brave like me and said I don't need you um, you know maybe maybe they wouldn't um, you know be funding this money I mean, they have guest speakers you know that they have all this propaganda that comes up people need to just say no thank you Stay in your own lane. I'm going to promote liberty and love and justice for all. And, um, you know, screw you if you want to, you know, indoctrinate me. Well, yeah, um, Benny, you need to go. You need to go to the labor board, Benny. They, they can't do that. That's actually illegal. It goes against the uh, the um, the uh, uh, Martin Luther King, the Civil Rights Act of 1960, whatever the heck that was. Okay. Um, go to the labor board. It's legal. You can actually sue them and win money. Lots of money. Okay. Maybe on the company cool. money. But even, you know, more importantly than that, thank you, Benny, for being courageous and standing up to like that. You're absolutely right. And I, I'm glad you called yourself courageous because you deserve that that label because you are. And more people need to be able to do that because when more people do that, because as we've talked about in a lot of the issues tonight, the people pushing this stuff, they're not the majority. As Kimberly said, people are just afraid to stand up and speak their mind. Most people are polite and humble and when you're polite and you're humble, you don't want to be confrontational. And sadly, it takes confrontation to, to make these changes. Um, one more comment here about uh, this particular story about Black Lives Matter. When asked, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that, uh, by the way, former President Donald Trump failed to bring help bring peace to the Middle East. Kimberly, my recollection <laughs> is that former President Donald Trump had a very stable Middle East foreign policy. And in fact, he united Israel and several Arab, Arab nations in a way politically that they had never been united before. Jen Psaki is a lying piece of filth. Nothing that comes out of her mouth is the truth, number one. 
But you know what the problem is? This goes circles back to the conversation we were having about journalists. She's going to lie. And none of these left wing losers that call themselves journalists are going to question her about this. Well, well, press secretary. But Donald Trump actually put the uh, brought Arab nations together and, and brought some kind of peace deals and treaties. What, what do you mean he didn't try, try to bring peace? She's a liar. And the problem is all these other news outlets will will push it they'll push it across the board and people will believe it it's amazing how much she can stand there and lie and not even care i think you're right jv i i, I think that these people were brought up in a different time and they're told that what they're doing is okay and it's not it is absolutely abhorrent and she I, i'm trying to be be nice here but she's disgusting. She's she really is a disgusting piece of human filth. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with it. I can't disagree. I want to move on and talk a little bit about um, what is actually happening between Israel and Hamas, because this is important too. Joe Biden told uh, President or excuse me, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in a phone call today that he expects and this is a quote now he expects a quote significant de-escalation today on the path to a ceasefire. He basically demanded to Benjamin Netanyahu that they they uh, pull back, they stop uh, uh, the airstrikes in, uh, in Gaza, and they start working on the ceasefire. But in a statement to the president, Netanyahu said, we are determined to continue this operation until its objective is, is achieved, which is to bring back the quiet and security to the citizens of Israel. Britt, um, sounds like Netanyahu, right, justifiably, is just basically saying, sorry, Joe Biden, uh, you, you, can't, you can't tell us what to do here. We have a right to defend ourselves, and we're going to do it. JV, what happens if uh, Hamas and the Gaza Strip, they lay down their arms and they don't fire a single shot? What happens if Hamas lays down their arms? The fighting yeah. stops. Yeah, the fighting That's stops. Right. What happens if Israel lays down their arms? The rockets continue. They disappear as a nation. They will be obliterated. Yep. That's how that, that's how deadly serious this is. Israel doesn't want to fight. We have four years to look back at that they didn't fight. I mean, we, we, they, they have given and given and given. And again, again, this is all about money and power. The money goes into, it goes, I mean, we gave $281 million to, to Hamas for COVID relief. I mean, how many people do you think got COVID shots? No, but they bought, bought a lot. They bought a lot of bullets and rockets. Uh, we're giving Iran money again. All of a sudden, Hamas has more more miss, more rockets, and they actually have an upgraded rocket. Um, I'm going to go back on Saki and the whole thing. Uh, I, I truly believe, I truly believe that this is more conspiratorial than what you're giving it, JV. I think they know exactly what they're doing. The people like us here, the people that are listening, the people in chat, the people that will listen to our podcast, we're engaged, and we're not going to change our mind. We know what the hell is going on. The problem is, we're not a large portion of this country, and they know that they're. They are shooting their information to their side and the low information, middle of the road people who don't pay attention, who don't care. They catch a little blip on the news because they watch NPR with and then they go over to ABC News with David Muir and they talk soft like this because it makes it sound more important. <laughs> They're much more smarter when they talk like this. Uh, and that's what they're focused on because if they can brainwash enough of them, they just need like three or four percent and they'll win every election going forward. And that's what this is about, that little spongy middle the middle of the country, the middle of the political spectrum, the Overton window, shifting it. Um, it's it's uh, the education, the news media, 
all the stuff that they're doing, the propaganda, the big company, woke corporations working it in like they're doing with Benny. You got to come and, you know, denounce your whiteness and, you know, pray at the altar of whatever, um, give some blood, maybe sacrifice a chicken. I don't know. Um, but that's what they're counting on. The low information people, they'll believe it. And then they're winning going forward and they can do whatever they want. And to be honest with you, Democrats hate Jewish people. There it is. They hate Jewish people. And how the fucking Jewish community can keep voting for Democrats is beyond me. And I'm getting to the point where I'm not going to give a fuck anymore and let them get wiped out. Because change how you vote. Get educated. You know it had to, you had to be coming. You knew it had to come. Oh, yeah. But I'm serious. Educate yourself and change how you vote. Because your people are being slaughtered over in Israel, and they will eventually come to you. And when you come back to me, JV, I have something to prove that it's happening here in America. Okay, and you're and you're right, though. The Jewish community in in this country supports Democrats overwhelmingly, but the Democrats do not support the Jewish community. Certainly, do, do not support Israel, and we're seeing that. Um, Kimberly, what does the message that Joe Biden? delivered to Benjamin Netanyahu today saying Israel needs to scale back to stop firing and to work toward a ceasefire. What does that message say to Hamas? Well, first, I'd like to know if Joe Biden even knew where he was at the time <laughs> that he gave that message. Um, it's saying it's emboldening Hamas. It's showing Hamas that, yep, guess what? Biden supports you because the left supports them. Um, as we see from a lot of people that are in Congress. We have to stop Israel from um, shooting rockets. They're protecting themselves, you morons. Are we supposed to just sit, are you gonna just sit there while someone shoots at you if you have the ability to try to stop it and protect your family? It's, it's Biden, it's not Biden. It's Biden has makes no decisions. Biden only says what he's told. The extreme left is running behind the scenes they are running the show and they are the ones who support these extremists they support the terrorists over israel because brit's right the democrats hate the jews and they continue they have for years and they continue to allow it and don't do anything about it yeah and they're, they aren't making any secret of it anymore either they're blatantly saying it um i'm going to change topics here a bit benny however feel free to comment on any any of the things we just talked about but new york um democratic mayoral candidate andrew yang is now pushing the idea that non-citizens should have the right to vote on tuesday speaking in battery park in new york city Andrew Yang stated he wants to give non-citizens the right to vote. Now, we already know that Joe Biden has effectively eliminated the border. You start giving non-citizens the right to vote, Benny. Is that the final nail in the coffin? Are we no longer a sovereign nation if that happens? Absolutely. I mean, we're, the the way the health departments are being run, the way the CDC is run, um, America is made up of corporations. Um, you know, America itself has been... Uh, a corporation uh, since, you know, the Civil War, uh, we're not a sovereign nation anymore. And um, just to, um, uh, you know, uh, further uh, beef up your point, um, since Joe Biden has taken office, 61,000 illegal aliens have been let into this country. Um, I think what we're seeing is the beginning of 
the end of our country. Uh, like you said, you're a glass half full guy. I'm definitely a glass half empty guy. Um, there was a political strategy created in 1966 called the Cloward Piven uh, strategy, which people may, may or may not know about, um, created by um, political activist and sociologist Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven. Um, the strategy is um, focused on forcing the Democrats and the Democratic Party, which oddly enough, 1966, they had a presidency and both houses of Congress. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Um, it proposes to create a crisis in the welfare system uh, by overloading enrollments um, by such a large margin that the system itself will collapse and be replaced by guaranteed annual income. And this was uh, a strategy that has been implemented uh, in 1966. And I think they're starting to see the writing on the wall that they have a window to carry out this strategy. And um, if you talk about amnesty, you talk about uh, non-citizens voting, I think this is, we're at that cusp right now. And, uh, you know, people have to fight back against it. And like Britt said, if we don't, then we're all, you know, going to hell in a handbasket in this country because we voted these assholes in. Britt, um, another point on the Andrew Yang story here you can comment on this or take it to something else if you want to but he also said i think we should this is a quote i think we should enable young people to start voting at age 16. he goes on to say um, that would transform every high school in new york city in a, in a hotbed uh, into a hotbed of democracy he said their teachers could talk them to them about the real issues <laughs> think about that for a second what would that do if you have 17 and 8 16 17 and 18 year olds being advised by their teachers and then voting in school, he says. They can vote right there in school. Is that a problem yeah. or not? You know, again, it, it's, it, it just tells us that the Democratic Party needs dumb people voting. I'm sorry, when I was 16, 17, and 18, I have no business voting. Shit, sometimes I wonder if I have any business voting today. But uh, I would like to move the voting age to 21 or maybe 25. Something like that. But uh, again, this is just, they're grabbing at votes. These kids are in the school. The teachers will tell them, vote Democrat because Democrats give them pay raises. They bribe the Democrats. They get what they want. They're telling the kids what to do. Hey, if you vote this way, I'll give you an A. You know, it's just all a scam. And we're too dumb to see it. And I'm sorry, but New, the, the, the city of New York is so far gone. They'll probably vote for this guy. They'll probably go down that road. And then the federal government will keep bailing them out until we're all broke. Uh, and I'm at the point now where we just put a wall around New York, you know, state, uh, snake Bliskin style, you know, escape from New York style. Just wall it off. Leave it there. We just keep throwing all the liberals over in there. Let them survive on their own. I mean, I'm done. I'm over this. This, this. Give me, give me, give me. Give away, give away, give away. Jesus. We're, we're, I am blessed that I swing a hammer and I have a skill set that we will need whether we're in the ditch or not. I will always make money somewhere, somehow. But I work on people's places. I go into these apartment complexes in the shithole of L.A. where these migrant workers are just eking out a, a living in the garment district, whatnot, and they are hurting right now from the Democratic policies. Inflation is up. Gas is up. Food is up. Everything is up. And they are hurting. And it's the, the petty crime is going through the roof because they're just trying to make ends meet. And this is a direct result of Andrew Yang-type policies so if you want more misery for the poor go ahead and vote for him i'm going to circle back uh to uh the palestinian jewish thing so we've all seen the videos from new york of the uh the orthodox jews just getting the shit beat out of them guys running up behind them knocking them out hitting them with boards the whole nine yards um well this has come to los angeles 
This just happened. So uh, two nights ago, I want to say it was, this little thing happened. Another man who said he's a photographer and was dining with clients said he's not Jewish, but tried to change words. She expected it to end there. Instead, she says the men attacked the diners, yelling dirty Jew and other anti-Semitic slurs. Another man who said he's a photographer and was dining with clients said he's not Jewish, but tried to intervene and was punched and pepper So, Benny, so this was a uh, pro-Palestinian car tour, car parade that was going on. And the cars pulled up to this restaurant in a Jewish part of uh, L.A. and started yelling, where's the Jews at, whatnot. And then, uh, unfortunately, someone at the tables said, I'm a effing Jew. And they kind of banned her back and forth. And everybody got out of the cars and they had that big Donnybrook. But that's happening now. They're, they're, they're literally driving. So the Palestinians are seeing what's going on. Hey, Hamas, they're kicking it in the ass. Hey, uh, uh, and by the way, Lebanon is now starting to send rockets into Israel from the Lebanon side. Now that's happening. That started this morning. So... This is starting to happen. The Jew, the, the the Orthodox Jews in New York are getting the shit beat out of them. Now it's starting to happen here. At what point does this go nuclear? I mean, at what point do we just start shooting back or start fighting back physically? I mean, I feel like we're on the ragged edge of something. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a powder keg, doesn't it? Uh, you know, it's um, it's uh, it's really sad to see, and uh, you know, appeasement, you know, as a as a foreign policy has never worked ever. I mean, that's what gave us Hitler and, and World War II and the Holocaust. Um, and uh, if our, if the UN and, you know, our, our leaders are practicing that policy, then I think um, we're, we're slated for um, another disaster sparking a World War III type of scenario. Um, which is really unfortunate. And it is, it is a powder keg, like you said, and I also, I, I feel so conflicted, you know, um, I, I, I've been taught to turn the other cheek my whole life, you know, um, I want to be like Jesus, you know, my Lord and savior and, you know, um, uh, be, you know, nonviolent and I want to, um, you know, treat other people the way I want to be treated. Um, but I live in a constitutional carry state, meaning that, um, you know, uh, in, in, uh, starting on July 1st, at least, we can carry handguns without a permit uh, openly um, or concealed. Either way, it's a constitutional carry state. Um, if someone's yelling at me, I'm probably going to turn the other cheek. If someone's yelling at my kids or my wife, guess what? I'm going to have a gun on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't piss yeah. me off because I'm just crazy enough to protect my freaking family. Okay? So um, if California was a constitutional carry state... It acts as a deterrent, and this type of bullcrap would not be happening. Exactly. So, Kimberly, so obviously this was – the parade was going by. They were yelling stuff. All of a sudden, people on the sidewalk were yelling stuff, and that's kind of the blow pushback I've gotten from some people is that, hey, they start they, – they, they engaged. The fight was the fight. Uh, they were in on it too. But then there's this Time, clip. The LAPD is looking at security camera video of another incident. It shows an Orthodox Jewish man being chased by a caravan of people waving Palestinian flags. This took place near La Brea and Rosewood. So they interviewed this guy, uh, but they, they didn't do it in video. You had to read it within the article. So they interviewed the, the Jewish guy that was running. He was okay, but he was just walking home from synagogue. And that car, they started taunting him. He had to run. So now we have a, just a, a single innocent dude walking down the sidewalk, and now he's a target. At what point? Does this go, at what point does this hit the inevitable? Okay, this is not our country.
This is not who we are as a country. Those primitive countries, Palestinians um, in the Middle East, they're primitive. That's how they behave in their country. That is not our country. We let people, we practice their religious beliefs. It doesn't matter what they are. That's one of the biggest, the First Amendment for God's sakes. We have to fight back now. Um, yelling, I wouldn't physic get physical over yelling, but let me tell you something. Someone lays a hand on me and yeah, I'm always carrying. So th that's where it ends, begins and ends. But yelling is a different story. You know, you can yell, you can fight back and forth. Hey, you never know. You might actually start to agree on something, but but the, the behavior that we're seeing here belongs in the Middle East where it should stay. It should not be in this country. We are the United States of America. We have freedom of religion. If you don't like someone's religion, walk away. You don't have to partake in it. It's none of your goddamn business. And this is a problem and people have to fight back. And the, and the left has been emboldening these terrorists. They have been, you know, saying that they're not bad um, and, and, and attacking Israel. You know, you have the BDS um, churches, churches that are boycotting Israel. What does that tell the, their churchgoers? I forget what they're called people. What does it tell the people that attend the church? You know what I mean? People in the community. Yep, you can boycott Israel because they suck. But, you know, the palace, Hamas and Hezbollah and Lebanon terrorists are okay. Right, exactly. It's crazy. And, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, what is it? It's a convert, conquer, kill the Muslim religion. Convert, conquer, kill. There is no anything else. So, it sucks. So, JV, so with those, so they interview this kid the next day. I don't know if he's Jewish or not, but this was his interview. And I'm going to ask the question when it's over. You can comment. This to me is the problem. This is a weak, soy boy, man bun wearing individual who has hurt feelings after this. And I'm sorry, but the, Pal the Palestinians, the Neanderthals from the from the third world countries, they don't care about your soy boy hurt feelings. We spoke with one Jewish man worried about the escalating tensions. All these microaggressions that people have towards Jewish people or towards Muslim Palestinians, it's just incredibly um, hurtful. So microaggressions, he had to make sure he threw in the Palestinians and the Hamas, and Hamas in there. And, and he was trying to be nice. Is that gonna solve their problem? Because they're, they're they're getting beaten to the ground. Anytime the word microaggressions is used in some kind of answer to a question, I've already just tuned it out because it's absolutely meaningless. And this is what I was talking about with the reporters. These people have gone through a public education system and a university system that teaches them this poison. We talk a lot about immigration, particularly Im illegal immigration, not just on this program, but nationally. And one of the things that's often said is we need to be able to allow the country to absorb immigrants in a way that they can assimilate to our culture because our culture is a kind and decent culture. Do we have mistakes of the past? Of course we do. Every nation does. But there's a couple of de Tocqueville quotes I'm going to offer right now. I keep this sheet of quotes right next to me, just like Joe Biden has his name in his pocket so he knows what his name is every day. Um <laughs> But de Tocqueville, when he was studying the American democracy in the 1830s, he, he said the greatness of America lies in not being more enlightened than any other nation, but rather in her ability to repair her faults. And that's what we can do. We can repair our faults. But here's another one. 
And those videos you showed me tells me why it's so important that we give the nation an opportunity to absorb immigrants before we open the floodgates to more immigrants because they need to be able to understand our culture and the culture needs to be able to absorb them because de Tocqueville also said liberty cannot be established without morality nor morality without faith. And when you've got people that are willing to beat somebody up on the street because of their religious beliefs, that's not morality. And that's not American. And the more we allow those ideas, as uh, Kimberly said, these are third world ideas. The more we allow those ideas to creep into our culture, the more like a third world nation we become. And we're on those tracks right now. Well, are we going to go over a little bit because we had the hiccup in the middle? Yeah, let's go five minutes over. All right. Do you have anything you want me to take something? I have something here that I really, really want to talk about. So let's do this quickly and uh, then we can sneak uh, your topic in as well. But um, the, the Pentagon has announced that they are going to start monitoring the social media of military personnel for extremist content. As part of the Biden administration's crackdown on domestic extremism, the Pentagon has a plan to launch a pilot program for screening social media content of uh, military personnel. Now, here's what's important. Well, it's all important, but here's some particularly disturbing uh, points about this. They will continuously monitor military personnel for, quote, concerning behaviors. They don't define what those concerning behaviors are. But here is something that should make everyone's skin crawl. They say that although in the past the military has balked at sur surveilling service members for extremist political views due to the First Amendment protection, they so, so they recognize that the First Amendment prohibits this. They said this new pilot program will re rely on a private, private surveillance firm in order to circumvent <laughs> the First Amendment of government monitoring. Can you believe oh this is God. the U.S. military that is talking this way? This uh, is fascism. Benny, is fascism. we're going to keep these comments really quick, 15, 20 seconds. Benny, I mean, that should send chills down your spine. It does, and it and it's all by design to um, weed out the the oath keepers and other other um, organizations within the military for when they come to take our guns, when they come to uh, you know keep us quarantined. It's all so they can be their little foot soldiers. Um, you know, uh, when, when the chips fall uh, down to the you know uh, dystopic um, reality. And Kimberly, they say they're going to keep an eye on gray areas such as reading and following and liking extremist material and content in social media forums and other platforms. It's nebulous enough that they can define it any way they want, but they're basically saying that if you like the wrong meme, if you, you know, put put a thumbs up on the wrong uh, uh, YouTube channel, whatever it happens to be, you are going to be a target of this. I just have one sentence to say about this. The only extremists are in the goddamn White House. They are the problem. This is truly disturbing, and pe people need to fight back against this. They need to fight back. This is this is absolutely disturbing, what they're doing. And, Britt, um, I'll let you comment on this. If you want to uh, bring one more topic to the floor, you can. But the only extremists in the military that I'm aware of, really, at this point— was uh, uh what was the guy's name nadal hassan remember the attack at fort hood oh, yeah. he was a muslim yeah, extremist yeah. um you know i'm sure there are other incidents that i might not be aware of but they certainly are commonplace so yeah no this is this is fascism uh what when the government joins up with private business to do what the government can't that's fascism 
We are in a fascist state right now. Uh, this will be overthrown in the Supreme Court. The problem is they're going to do a Cuomo. Basically, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, Supreme Court said that that was uh, unconstitutional. Okay, we'll stop that one. New new order. We're going to do that. And, they're, and, and you know what? Behind the scenes, they're just going to keep on looking. They're just going to keep on doing it because no one in government has ever held fucking account. No one has ever held accountable, ever. I, I swear to God, I want to pull the guillotine string myself personally. It's, it's time to go full French on them. We're at that point because they're just going to keep doing what they're doing because there's no con there's no consequences. They don't care what the what the what the what the, what the Supreme Court says. They don't care. They're just they just keep doing it. I mean, look what Hillary Clinton did with the emails on the private server, and then she deleted them. No consequences. If, who was the too tall jack wagon that ran the FBI? Comey. Did he ever have any consequences? No, he got a five million dollar book deal. He's he's rich on some island drinking mai tais, banging underage women probably right now. Um. Our government is completely out. Of, our federal government is completely out of control. All we can hope for is in the midterms that the left stays asleep, the the right of center people are still wound up, and they come out to vote. And we flip the house, we flip the senate, but more importantly, we take some governorships and we take some state houses because that's where we're going to correct this voter, uh, this this weak voter system that we have in our country. And that that's all I have to say. Uh, unfortunately, the two things I have left, JB, are kind of long. All right, well, we'll save them for another night. Um, it's been a great program. Sorry about the internet problems in the middle. They took us off for a few minutes, but that is beyond our control. Last night, the program that we did, uh, we actually had, YouTube was completely down for about 20 minutes of the program. So not sure what's happening across the internet, but uh, seems to be um, a little bit uh, unstable at the moment. Kimberly, thank you so much for being here tonight. It was a pleasure having you part of the group tonight. Let people know where they can follow you if they're interested in more of your thoughts. I'm on uh, Twitter as Conservative IND. I also am at Granite Rock um, and on the Joe Messina Show um, on Monday nights. Terrific. And thanks for having me, guys. Fun. Yeah, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Benny, of course, always great to have you, and you'll be back. Both of you, hopefully, will be back for sure. Uh, Britt, what do we need people to do? We need them to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We need them to go to Rumble and the podcast. Anything else am I missing there? Yeah, yeah it's called Smash the Damn Like Button. It is amazing how, how smashing the like button helps us and subscribing helps us uh, climb the chain and actually get noticed. So please smash the like button. Please subscribe and send me piles of gold. <laughs> piles of gold are fun. Hey, everybody in the in the chat room, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We try to read your comments. They flash up on the screen, and we appreciate your input, your thoughts, and your insight into all these topics. Remember, we will be back Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. It's the Independence Game. Mm -hmm.